Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. We have quite the week here with the Commanders. Obviously, there's the uh, just the basics of facing the Indianapolis Colts on the road. Can the Commanders win their third uh, consecutive game? Actually get some momentum out of this? We'll see about that. But needless to say, this game has tons of of subplots from uh, Carson Wentz, obviously not playing, but what's going on with the Colts since then, they were the ones who dramatically decided to move on from him. And now in this, in this week, they have benched the quarterback who replaced Wentz, Matt Ryan for an unknown and Sam Ellinger. Uh, we talked about that and talked about the Dan Snyder, Jim Ursay of it all with my colleague at the athletic Zach Kiefer, who's done a lot of work, uh, who did a lot of great reporting on the Carson Wentz exit and uh, has insight into Jim Ursay. So we got into all of that with him in addition to just the idea of, Hey, the Colts apparently, apparently decided to get off this merry-go-round they've been on with quarterbacks and to make a move, even though their record at three, three and one is respectable in this, in this year of the NFL where there's a lot of mediocrity. That's an interesting turn for them. And it's one that Washington may have to face down the line here with regards to Carson Wentz, whenever he comes back, where is this team at? Uh, we obviously know about the 70% snap uh, situation where a second round pick would go to the Colts instead of a third, if he reaches that mark. So all of that discussed, uh, speaking of the 70%, I wrote about that yesterday on The Athletic. If you haven't checked that out, you do so. I talked to Ron Rivera about this, so you can check his thoughts out there, along with some a lot of notes and stats on why this defense has improved. So we'll get to all that in a moment. Um, of course, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Um, iTunes, Spotify, or you can do it at ad-free on The Athletic app or anywhere you do your podcasting. Um, just a couple of quick notes before we get to Zach. So practice today, uh, no Ron Rivera. He is dealing with a family matter back out in California. It sounds like he will be <clears throat> back in town Wednesday. So we'll see if we see him out here Thursday for practice or not. Jack Del Rio took over today. Um, and so with Del Rio there, we don't get a ton of updates about any specific players in terms of injuries. But it w we'll note that... Um, Logan Thomas was back at practice a bit. Um, Cole Holcomb, though, did not practice. Neither did Jahan Dodson. The Holcomb one is interesting. We'll see what is going on with that later in the week. Needless to say, he's a very important piece. He calls signals on defense, and there's not much linebacker depth, as we know. So we'll see how that goes. It's still early in the week to worry about that too, too much. Um, as far as Chase Young... As we know, we've been waiting to see when the 21-day clock will begin for his return to practice. Doesn't appear as if that's going to happen this week, so it is looking more like maybe next week for Chase Young. We'll probably get a better update from whenever Rivera is back, but for now, the Chase Young clock has not yet begun. Um, what else we got here? The trade deadline is, of course... November 1st, so that's this will be the last game after that. Uh, I wrote about, of course, the deadline last week. You can check that out. A lot of notes and source information on Deron Payne, William Jackson. I, I don't know if I see them doing anything dramatic in terms of selling off at this point because, you know, they're at the moment um, in the mix, right? At three and four, 
they're only a half a game out of the seventh wild card spot. There's a bunch of teams at three and four, but you know they're in the mix, and the, you know the people involved don't want to punt the year, regardless of what others, my, myself included, may think about building for the long term. In any event, you can check that out there. I, there were some people on on Twitter yesterday who were sort of taking my Duran Payne <coughs> story from last week. Some misinterpreted, some didn't. So just to be clear. There are teams interested in Payne, and I've been told it's possible the return could be high as a second-round pick for this coming year, but it's not different than saying Washington is actively looking to trade him. I don't have any sense that that is the case. Um, what else here can I tell you before I go here to my conversation with Zach? Um, oh, so Washington also, speaking of the trade deadline, they signed Danny Johnson to the 53-man roster yesterday. Some people have speculated this means William Jackson is definitely gone. I wouldn't go that far. I think they just needed another corner. They placed Tariq Castro-Fields on IR last week, and Jackson is still hurt. He didn't practice today either. So based on any of that, I would just say that um, Jackson could be moved. He would be my best bet to be moved, but complicated situation between the back injury and his salary for next year. It won't be easy. And that's, we'll have to see how that uh, goes. Anyway, that is it for now. Let me get to my conversation with Zach Kiefer uh, from the from the athletic covering the Colts. Let's do that right now here on the Standard Room Only podcast. All right. There are times when I have a guest on that I really have to think hard about what topics can we get into? Because, you know, even if it's a game, you don't always have like something that's that important. Not the issue here this week. With my next guest, he is, of course, Zach Kiefer, covers the Colts for the Athletic. I mean, we easily could have just gone with the Carson Wentz of it all if we had played this out a few weeks ago. And even since then, there's umpteen different topics. You guys have a new quarterback. Our owners hate each other. There's a game this week. <laughs> there, there's a lot going on. First of all, though, uh, how, how's it going over there in uh, Indianapolis? Can I be honest? I'm exhausted. And, and Washington Commanders fans can sympathize. I mean, it's six quarterbacks in five years now, and uh, they are moving on to Sam Ellinger. The Matt Ryan experiment didn't last very long. It's it's just another another quiet season in Indianapolis since Andrew Luck retired. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think I think uh, we're up to seven different starting quarterbacks under Rivera's in his two plus years. Okay, um, you guys, you guys, yeah. Yeah. Washington wins. They well, take you guys have just the new one at the start of every year, and then you move Correct. on. Washington has like three and four every season and then has to, uh, you know, adjust again as we're doing right right now. Um, I, we can pivot in so many ways, and I do want to, of course, talk about the Ursay-Snyder aspect, but I guess let's just start with the football. Obviously, when you and I talked last, you wrote a lot of great stories about Carson Wentz and the exit there, and so much was made from the owner on down literally about why Carson Wentz was the problem, essentially, you know, it's a lot of nuance to it, but why essentially he's the one that needed to go. And, and then Matt, right. You got the Colts get Matt Ryan for a third round pick. And everybody's like, wow, what a great move. Commanders are stupid. They should have done that. And yet <laughs> here we are coming up for this game. And it's Matt Ryan. Who's the one that got benched. Granted Carson Wentz is hurt, but I don't think he was getting benched. So what, happened i thought carson Wentz was the problem he he you know i wrote this last year and i said this it wasn't all on carson wentz it was not all on carson wentz and no matter how much the colts wanted to camouflage this as 
the quarterback being the problem. Now, Carson was part of the problem, and he was terrible at the end of the season, and nobody nobody um, is going to run away from that. But but it wasn't all on Carson Wentz, and the signs of issues started last year that have crept into the forefront right now, right? Um, this offensive line was abysmal in Week 17 and 18 last year, and that didn't help Carson. He played bad. They have been abysmal this year, and they have the highest paid offensive line in football right now, and they're the worst. I mean, they're one of the worst offensive lines in football. The numbers are just staggering. I mean, 80 quarterback hits in seven games, 80, 80 quarterback hits in seven games, 110 pressures, a league leading 24 sacks. No quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes is going to survive under this line right now. So, you know, it's very telling to me that Frank Reich went to Matt Ryan yesterday and say, we failed you. We didn't hold up our end of the bargain in terms of what we sold you on when you came here. We sold you on a great offensive line and a great run game. Jonathan Taylor has nowhere to go. How in the world, Ben, are the Colts ranked 30th in the league in rushing? Jonathan Taylor had 1,800 yards last year. So I, it's not an either or. It's a both and for me. The Colts failed Matt Ryan. And, and Matt Ryan, in a lot of ways, failed the Colts. 11 interceptions. I mean, he, nine interceptions, excuse me, 11 t- fumbles like I, I lose track of all the, the bad plays <laughs> it's a lot of numbers um, they're not protecting him and he didn't overcome those flaws so I bought into it it made a lot of sense all he had to do was be part of the solution not the solution that's assuming he had a good running back and a good offensive line he doesn't have anything working around him and Matt was not able to overcome that and really it, it going seven nine and one or eight eight and one doesn't do anything for this team right now this was a team that wanted to win the division they're backsliding. They wanted to see what Sam Elder can do, and they know what Matt Ryan is, and it's just not going to get them there. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And you mentioned the idea that he can be part of – Matt Ryan could have been part of the solution, but not the solution. And that's what stood out to me watching Carson Wentz here and why it's interesting how these things are happening. Uh, uh, well, not simultaneously because nothing's happening with Wentz, but – we're all discussing it more and more having seen what Wentz did and now having looked at Taylor Heineke with the same group and see and to me like it was Taylor Heineke what he was able to do highlighted what Carson Wentz can't do you mentioned the offensive line um you know you, you know I know I know uh Matt, you're, you're pointing out Matt Ryan leads the league in, in times getting sacked that's only because Carson Wentz didn't play last week because he was <laughs> he was he was tied with Justin Fields for that honor right um, so you see those issues with in the pocket, the lack of pocket awareness, which you you mentioned several times before, the the the, the desire to just always look downfield, and uh, and not looking for the for the quote unquote layups underneath. He has said that to me as well, and you and people said that as well. And so it was, it's been so fascinating to watch him play out, and now seeing the scouting reports all click in, like okay, this is exact. This is actually. It doesn't always work that way, but this is actually what everybody was saying, you in particular, to keep an eye on, and it's all played out. Um, but that's what's so interesting because Matt Ryan was the more stable of the guys. He obviously a former MVP, smart guy, knows what he's doing, totally solid pro. Just right. Atlanta was bad, then you know they were trying to move on and rebuild, and therefore plug and play, move on, and that's why I was like. I, I was stunned from the outside when I saw that news yesterday. I'm like, whoa, he's actually getting benched? Because I can't imagine Wentz is getting benched because Ron Rivera is so in on that that the Colts said, you know what, we're going to pull the plug. I was like, wow, that is incredibly bold. 
It's 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 because you haven't watched the games, and I know why. It's because you're busy on Sundays <laughs> right. writing about Washington. But yeah, it, it makes so much sense on paper. Like you just kind of fill him in, and and he he is everything they said he is in terms of a leader. Like he's for real. He's 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 really good in that regard. And this is not just you know blowing smoke up. I mean, he's he's legitimately that guy. But he's losing them games, and the funny thing is, he's also winning them games. So. So Ben, in, in their three wins, he's led a, a game-winning drive in each, and he's led four fourth-quarter comebacks. If the kicker had made a forty-yarder in Houston in Week One, that's four. So there's a lot of late-game metal to Matt Ryan. That's a real thing. The Matty Ice thing, like I experienced it. Like he, he will play bad for most of the game and then play lights out at the end. Now that's not sustainable, and and that's the reality. But Sunday in in, in Tennessee was very telling. I I don't think his arm is there anymore. There was a long, deep throw he tried to make to Paris Campbell. Now, it was completed, but it took forever to get there. And it feels like he's putting everything he is, he has into this throw, and it's just not getting there. And that slows an offense. They, The Titans knew exactly what to do. They just crowded the line of scrimmage, and they knew the Colts wouldn't even try to go deep. And they have players, man. They got Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell. They have guys who can push down the field and make plays. And they can't do it because they don't have a quarterback who's allowing them. And then to pin... You know, to 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 close up my point here, he makes interceptions that he simply cannot make. Like these are rookie mistakes. These are locking in on guys and throwing it right to the safety or the corner or the linebacker. These are things you can't do. And frankly, they were things that Carson Wentz didn't do last year. Carson didn't throw a lot of interceptions. Now he did throw one with his left hand and he threw a really bad one against the Titans later in the same game. But that's a whole nother discussion. But, you know, Matt Ryan was brought here to not beat the Colts. And he's been doing that too often. You know, by the way, we, we have not seen a left-handed pass yet. I'm a little disappointed about that one. I mean, I, like, I, I know we don't, nobody wants it. I don't wish that upon you. <laughs> it's like, you know, wait, I heard about this one thing. But you have, have you experienced the roller coaster that is a four, five, six second play with Carson? Because Carson didn't get a lot of credit for this that he should have last year. He avoided a lot of sacks. He covered up for a offensive line that was regressing in Indianapolis, but there are a roller coaster of emotions that follow every snap Carson Wentz takes because you don't know where the hell it's going to go. Yeah, the term roller coaster has been used. Um, I almost yeah. debated re renaming right. this podcast the roller coaster ride because it's been yeah. it's it's been that. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's been that on, on so many um, different levels. But um, you know that, and that's what's interesting. You know, the, the with with the sack with with the protection. Like, I guess I'm. In comparing it to Matt Ryan, I, obviously Matt Ryan's not a mobile guy. Nonetheless, when you see that they're both, you know, neck and neck for the most times being sacked and knowing that Carson Wentz, that was his his issue, I would have thought that maybe Matt Ryan's savvy or whatever would allow him to avoid some of that. But That's what I thought too. This is, I guess, you know, it's a combination of maybe either A, he can't, or me, it's so bad, he has no time. The, for Washington, you know, their offensive line has been a bit of a mess for the most part of the season. It's been a little more stable the last couple of weeks. They are on now their fourth different starting center. The starting right side of their, the the, the starting right guard and tackle are different than week one. Um, backups, whatever. But they've started to at least stabilize a little bit more. And then with Heineke last week, you know, again, he's got his own limitations, but he's mobile and he knows how to get the ball. It's like literally they took the same playbook and it's like if it's like one guy read the only parts of the playbook that said throw the ball 30 yards down the field and the other guy read the playbook that said just throw it underneath the whole time and and like that that's kind of how it went um but that that's what so like it's interesting to see just how Heineke 
there probably will be fewer sacks, but he's his own kind of ride and it just won't be down the field. And um, yeah, it's just so fascinating to see what's going on here, let alone what's going on there. Uh, I was thinking about this as you were talking, since the Colts, particularly the owner, so adamant about saying Carson Wentz was the issue. I don't to whomever you speak to these days, do they look at it and go, Oh man, maybe not so much. Maybe they made they were wrong on Wentz, but that simply moving on from him wasn't going to solve the problem. I don't, I don't buy that. And that's maybe my opinion, but I'm speaking from someone who's talked to people in the organization. I think the Colts missed on both. I don't think it's an either, or I think both things can be true. They tried to make it work with Carson and it didn't work. And just because it didn't work out with Matt Ryan doesn't mean moving on from Carson was the wrong decision. But the Colts are nonetheless in the same spot. They have pushed this ball down the road. Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger. Maybe Sam Ellinger's the guy. I don't know. Probably not. They need to draft someone. It's it's time. You don't get you don't get five years down the road from this Andrew Luck retirement to not find the successor. It's been time. It's been time. So, um, and and that's, that's on the Colts and they were so eager to get away from Carson Wentz and they were so eager to buy into Matt Ryan that they wanted it to work so bad so they could have this game, right? This Sunday and say, we got it right. You were not the guy. We got the guy. It was you. And it wasn't just Carson. It was not just Carson. There has a lot of personnel decisions that, have hampered this team this season, last season. Um, but I think both things can be true. And to be honest, I don't think either was the answer. And, you know, the tape kind of spells that out. Carson, it just absolutely folded down the stretch last year, among other issues that folded down the stretch in the same kind of way. Um, they thought replacing him would solve all the issues, and it hasn't. The same issues continue to percolate this season. And Matt Ryan wasn't able to overcome them either. Much different quarterbacks. You know, Matt Ryan did have, he has some clutch moments that Carson didn't have. That was one of the things they brought up. Zero game-winning drives last season with Carson. Three in the first six games with Matt Ryan. However, Carson lasted the entire season, and Matt Ryan's been benched seven weeks in. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's, it's wild. You know, what's, what's, it's so fascinating. I'm sure you've had the same thought. You look at all the quarterback movement this offseason. You guys get Ryan. Wentz they get here. Ryan. I, I don't work for the team. You know what I mean? The the I I always just you know the, the city you not my this, owner, right? Yeah, not right. not your owner. The the city the, the team that plays in the city that you live in. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, of course, uh Baker Mayfield, well, Deshaun Watson, the whole other topic, but we'll see what happens there. Um, none of that has worked out. None of these quarterbacks are are are, are hey, doing Mariota in Atlanta. Well, they've been no. okay. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been okay. And, and to me, like going back to this whole situation. That was the rub I had with Washington. I there didn't seem to be an obvious quarterback. You know, Mitch Trubisky was a guy that was being discussed here, and the question for me was like, do you sign a guy that you know is a stopgap mm-hmm. for the one year? Don't avoid picks, but you you're going to tell your fans, look, this you're going to we're going to be realistic. We're not getting this guy, or do you roll the dice like Washington did, like Indianapolis did, with a with a guy with a veteran who's had some success in the past and hope that this is your answer. Well, obviously it looks like it's certainly a bit snake eyes for you guys. Doesn't look super great for us over here on this end. We'll see. And I think this is, I've said this before. This is the biggest flaw with football in the NFL. If you don't have a quarterback, you basically don't have a shot. And right now it feels like quarterback play collectively is about as low as I can remember, because even mm-hmm. now, you know, like Rogers and Brady and those kinds of guys are not having the same success. 
And I don't know what you do exactly, which is why I think the Ellinger thing is interesting. I Like you said, who knows if it'll work. But like, or I guess I should say, like, look what's going on with the Giants. I think they're doing, their coaching staff must be off the charts because they have a bunch of injuries. Daniel Jones, a lot of people write off, but they've got a good offensive line. They've got a running back. They've got some playmakers on defense and Daniel Jones can do certain things, which they mobility and are highlighting. And it almost seems to me that if you're a team, you've got to look at it like, if we can't get a top five pick in the draft, we just spend our assets on the other stuff and find a guy that can just be basic. Because this is what happened back in the day on some level. You can't, you know, there's just not enough quarterbacks to go around. Right. So if you either stay on this middle you know, path to the middle, like Washington and Indianapolis have been doing, or you, you got to figure out another way. And I, I, I don't know the answer, but it doesn't feel like, feel like these two teams are like poster childs for you can't just keep doing the same thing, praying it's going to work because there's only so many of these quarterbacks at any time that can get the job done. You got to stop looking for quarterbacks at the garage sale, right? I mean, there's a reason Atlanta was willing to move off of Matt Ryan and, and Atlanta looks like the smart team in this situation because he looks cooked. I mean, it, it's a sad to say, cause he's, he's a total pro and he really has the locker room behind him, but Results matter and wins matter. And when you throw it to the other team like he has, that kills. I mean, the defense has been forced to play perfect this season. And the defense has been pretty solid. But they didn't even allow an offensive touchdown Sunday in Tennessee. It was the first time in 18 games, going back all the way to 2000, that they've not allowed an offensive touchdown by the other team and found a way to lose the game. So that tells you something. But you're right. I mean, for the Colts, they're just spinning in circles. They're spinning in circles and – um, the Philip Rivers move in 2020 really worked for that one season. They were 11 and five. They were a good team. They had a great offensive line, and that emboldened them. Right, that made them think we can just keep doing this, kicking the can down the road. And and Carson was not a short term play. Carson was supposed to be here for four years or maybe longer. I've heard that story. His relationship with Frank Reich and Carson, man, when you get around him, like he is. He's a monster physically. Like he can do everything on the field. And you saw that in camp and you see that every week. I mean, it's easy to buy into that talent. And he can he can just launch it. He can make every throw, but it doesn't really matter after the snap comes and he's got to make those decisions. And that's where he gets in trouble. He'll make a lot of great plays. It'll make a lot of dumb plays. And it's hard to find that consistency. So the Colts move off him and try to find the exact opposite in Matt Ryan. The problem being you haven't answered that question for the long term. And it's just really hard to restart every single year. And you have a coach right now in Frank Reich whose seat is getting warmer. I'm not sure what happens, but the reality is, is it fair to judge a coach when he's had five different quarterbacks in five different years? Those quarterbacks being very, very different. We're talking about Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and now Sam Ellinger. Like very different skill sets, very different temperaments, like just – very different playbooks, to be honest. So, you know, that's that's an organizational failure. That's what it is. That's on Jim Irsay because he's had his voice heard in this. That's on Chris Ballard for not swinging in the draft and for signing these guys. And it's on Frank Reich, who pushed for the Carson trade and it backfired. But um, that's where they're at. And this is the bed they've made, and they're going to have to live in it and, and live with Sam Ellinger for 10 games and pray like hell they get a top five or six or 10 draft pick. Well, and, and that, that last part is what's interesting on something I wrote about today, because obviously the one last piece of this Carson Wentz trade is the 70% snap threshold. He crosses that. The pick that's owed to the Colts turns into a second. If he doesn't, it's a third. 
either way, Washington's losing a pick, but you know, the second's obviously better than the third. Yeah. And at some point they're going to have to make the call, assuming he comes back at a point where if he were to play the rest of the games, it would go over. They have to make the call. Do they think he's the answer for the beyond this year? If so, all right, well then roll the dice. I mean, whether we agree or not, but if he's not, they're going to have to decide what to do. And at least for the Colts, there's an actual general manager who has that mentality of big picture. And the coach is in the short term here. Not the case. The one guy has both. And I don't know if Ron Rivera is going to be willing, even if it's obvious to say, we're going to punt this season. And I guess I shouldn't say they're going to punt the season because Taylor Heineke has shown he can win games, but you know what I mean? Like they're not That's a tough division too. Everybody's winning in that division besides Washington. Right. It gets to be more of just pulling the plug on the Wentz experiment, acknowledging it didn't work the way the Colts just did. I don't know if Washington can do that, but that's what'll be fascinating uh, for me for sure. Yeah, because um, that second rounder is much more appealing than the third rounder. <laughs> yeah, especially look. I mean, Washington because the league is terrible right now is sort of middle of the pack at three and four. But you know, if they things don't work out, they're closer to a top ten pick. Then that means the second rounder, you know, will be as well. So could be pretty valuable for sure. Uh, in the time we have left, let's get to the other fun stuff. Uh, this is the really fun stuff. <laughs> you're the what, like I don't I don't know where, where where you were at. We're on constant alert for Dan Snyder news and updates at all times, and because it was the league meetings, you know, the athletic had people there, other reporters, other outlets had people just trying to find out what people think of Dan Snyder. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at Twitter, and Jim, er- you know, okay, Jim Irsay said something. Wait, what did Jim Irsay say? He said there's merit to removing Dan Snyder as owner, and then he kept talking about it. And w- w- what were you thinking when you heard, oh, wait, what is the owner of the team I cover? What's he saying about another owner, and what's going on here? I'm not that surprised. And I think nationally, the perception of Jim Irsay is a little bit different than what it is locally. Um, he does not care about blowback. He says what he thinks, for better, for worse. As a reporter, you love that, right? I love honesty. I don't care if it's hurts people's feelings i just want to know what these guys think and i think what jim mercy said is what a lot of owners think i'm speculating here i don't have a seat at the table my paycheck's a little bit less than their paycheck in terms of those 32 nfl owners 31 i guess without the packers but you didn't get a big bump with the andrew luck podcast that everybody should go I, listen to the i eating. wish man i wish now i don't know if, i don't know if it's going to be that big of a bump but uh <laughs> no i think a lot of owners think what jim mercy said and they didn't have the guts to say it and Jim Mercer does not care about blowback. He does not care about perception. I mean, have you ever heard an owner talk about a former player the way he talked about Carson Wentz this offseason? I mean, I was reporting things in January and February and March about why this team was going to move on from Carson Wentz and then why it moved on from Carson Wentz and getting a lot of blowback about, about what I was reporting. And then Jim Mercer essentially confirmed it all by what he said publicly. And I've never, I don't think I've ever heard an owner publicly criticize a player that repeatedly um some of the stuff we heard at the owners meetings it was just staggering to hear um everybody knows why they moved on from Carson Wentz because Jim Mercer decided they were going to move on from Carson Wentz but no it doesn't surprise me and to get back to Daniel Snyder no it, it doesn't surprise me that Jim Mercer said what a lot of owners wouldn't he doesn't care about the backlash and I think it's a credit to him for speaking up and saying it because I don't think um, I don't think a lot of Washington Commanders fans would disagree with what Jim Mercer said. No, I don't. I, I, he, Jim Mercer. The, the uh, sooner they get a different owner, the better chance they're going to have to win games. All right. Jim Mercer's got a good platform if he wants to run for mayor of D.C. Uh, based on wow. that alone. 
Um, but, but let me ask you this. Have you, I mean, I don't imagine that Dan Snyder is a topic to whatever degree the media has access to Jim Ursay that Dan Snyder came up, but did you have like any sense that, that he harbored these feelings uh, about a fellow uh, owner? No, I, I didn't. But then again, I'm not asking Jim Ursay about Daniel Snyder. When I get to talk to Jim Ursay publicly and privately, I'm asking about five quarterbacks in five years and a, yeah. a myriad of other topics. But um, it did, it did, you know, my lead on, on Sunday after the story, they lost again in Tennessee. My lead was the owner who had set the league on fire with his comments five days earlier. I mean, that's all people talked about for 24 hours. Walked out of the stadium with his head down and said nothing. He was silenced. I mean, that's where his team is at. The league is a different story, but I will say this about Jim Mercer. He cares deeply about the NFL and what it stands for and what he believe it will stand for for the next 30, 40, 50, 100 years. And I don't think he wants Daniel Snyder to be a part of that. Well, And, and so this was going to be sort of my next question on this. We're all trying to read the tea leaves. What does it mean that this one owner said something? Was he just going rogue? Is he speaking sort of on behalf of everybody else, but he's the one willing to do it? Because like you just said, he doesn't really care about speaking out um the 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 espn report from a week or two ago that stated that dan snyder you know may have had people digging up dirt on other owners and ursay was like right whatever my stuff's all out there go nuts he's been around for a long time the ursay family has owned that team forever so they're in that category of like with the roonies and the maras but we hear about those groups and jerry jones as well being powerful i don't know if i hear that about ursa but maybe i just don't know do you sense that he could lead a movement or do you think he could be the figurehead or does it what do you think it was just more about him being rogue and i just wanted to say what i wanted to say it's more of the latter i i don't consider him and, and i'm certainly not in those circles in terms of talking to multiple different owners but i don't feel like he's one of the more powerful owners in the league he does not carry the same shtick and the same um gravitas that, that jerry jones and bob Kraft and some of the others do and he says what he wants and he speaks up when he wants to, and he can't help but be honest. It is one of his greatest and most damaging traits at times. Years ago, he said, you know, we would have given up some of the Star Wars numbers. It was essentially a shot at the Peyton Manning era, which was the greatest era this team's ever had. So um, I think it's more of him going rogue and saying what he thinks and having the guts to say, I don't care if Daniel Snyder investigates me. He can investigate me until the cows come home. Um, he believes there's a bigger picture here. There's a more important thing than the owners bickering with one another. And that's in his words, the shield, the NFL and what it stands for. Um, but gun to their heads. I bet Jerry Jones would say the same thing. Now, Jerry Jones probably has benefited and some of the other teams in the NFC benefited from Daniel Snyder's incompetence as much as anybody. Um, you know, you, of course you want a team in your division that doesn't know what they're doing, but, um, yeah, I think he, I think he just went off and he was asked a question and he said exactly what he thought. I mean, that's to me as interesting is how much would the owners weigh? Okay, here's how much revenue we think we're losing from Washington, but here's here's how many victories <laughs> we think we're earning, you know, or at least both. Well, how does that equate? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, right. They, I know. I tell you one thing: they don't like losing money. They yeah. do not like losing money. I'll tell you that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, well, fascinated. Look, we're, we're all like. Uh, week four when Washington played at Dallas 
it was Dan Snyder went out to the field before the game and shook hands with Jerry Jones, took a picture, whatever. First time we've seen him in public. I'm not imagining we're going to see that scene, but I'm hoping we see a something. I don't know what it'll be, but I hope something happens. I was on Rich Eisen's show a little bit ago, and he asked if 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 what kind of seat is Dan Snyder going to get at the game Sunday? He said, are there portalettes in Lucas Oil Stadium? <laughs> is, is an odor suite? I don't have an answer. I don't imagine they're going to have any pleasantries if we see Daniel Snyder, but my goodness, the storylines with this game. <laughs> no, no doubt. Um, just lastly, so obviously the game itself beyond what we've discussed. Uh, Ellinger, obviously this will be his first uh, regular season appearance, but you've seen him in, in preseason. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have two quarterbacks who are kind of similar. Yeah. Gritty gamers who, who are mobile don't necessarily expect them to throw the ball uh, deep down the field or things like that. But what are your expectations uh, for Ellinger? It sounded like you just described him when you were talking about what Taylor Heineke brings to the to the Washington offense. Like he's going to make the smart decision. He's not going to wow you with his arm. You know, Sam was a sixth round pick because he didn't have the arm strength. And he has worked with Tom House in the offseason. He's on this two year plan to improve his velocity. But again, sixth round pick, a little undersized. Intangibles are off the charts. Like he's a special human being. I've had some really long talks with him. Some of the things he's been through in his life. And, and that's, you know, in, in Frank Reich's words, that's some of his special sauce, but this is not the Detroit third stringers that he carved up in August in week three of the preseason. This is not the Colts second team defense in practice. He's had some success with the last couple of weeks. I mean, if I'm a Washington defender, this is, this is a day you get some stats and you pad your resume and, and like, this is, they're going to come hungry for this guy because he's never thrown an NFL pass. And you smell blood in the water, you smell blood in the water, you go attack. And so this is a whole nother challenge for Sam Ellinger. I think he's a great kid and I think he'll make good decisions, but it's going to be a bumpy road. There's no doubt about it. And, and Washington's defense, you know, as much as, um, you know, making it sound like they've been a, a train wreck, their defense has been a lot better lately. I, I wrote something about that uh, for Tuesday on the, on the, on the, uh, po- uh, on the website that, that, you know, they've just improved across the board. Uh, the defensive line is really playing well. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were afraid last week to yeah. t- take more than a three-stripe job and throw downfield because they have line offensive line issues and Washington's defensive line. So, yeah, it could be it could be a tough day for Ellinger if Washington can keep this up. But uh, you know, always be a little weary of the backup quarterback you have no tape on, and uh, you know, you're saying he's an intel- intangibles guy, and you know, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. You know, there's some things to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Washington had no trouble slowing down Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Sam Ellinger really scares <laughs> you. But the Colts have pieces, and I think Ellinger's going to run. You know, they're going to do some different stuff, and they're going to try and surprise the Commanders defense. And they have they have players around him. They absolutely have weapons. Pierce is a good rookie, and Pittman's a stud, and Taylor's was the best running back in the league last year. They haven't got him going because there's nowhere to go. But um, it, if nothing else, I'm excited to hell to see what they do. To be honest. By the way, I, I, I'm guessing I'm imagining Carson Wentz will be there because he was on the sideline this past game. Typically, Carson got- Carson loves the Indianapolis area, from what I understand. So I would imagine he's here. I don't know how much interaction. He'll probably have some teammates he says hello to and, and staff members and, and Frank Reich and him. They're still very close. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think there's any ill will towards Carson in Indianapolis right now because this team is just. You know, it's right. You've moved on to enough, the next. I got enough to deal with. Right. Moved move on to the next problem. I mean, it really right. is wild. Carson Wentz is back. It was already a quarterback change since he uh, returned. Uh, Zach, definitely appreciate it. Uh, Zach is, I've said this before, easily one of the best writers we have on staff. And if you didn't listen to it, go check out his 
uh, podcast that they did right before the season started about Andrew Luck, a narrative podcast, which fits perfectly now because it's all about that's when it all started. Yeah, it's all about how, you know, who this guy was and what's happened since as they continue to look for a quarterback. Uh, Excited to see you uh, this weekend and uh, (laughs) I'll I'll be on owner watch like I'm sure everybody else will be. It'll be fun. Thanks for having me on, man. And I'll see you Sunday. Yeah, man.